0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. This week, I've got the amazing Jess Thomas on the podcast. Jess is the founder of Health Lab, which is a seven-figure business that makes 100% natural beauty and wellness snacks for women. She's based in Australia. And it's really cool because this is a product centered business, which we like to have a good variety of people that do a lot of services. We get a lot of service based wellness providers, but this is a product business and Jess takes us through the whole story of her business from when she started off by funding her business by selling her car to get $5,000 that she could put into her business, how she works with her husband in her business and how that goes and how she really doesn't believe in the concept of work-life balance. And instead, we should work towards the idea of integration. So Health Lab is booming right now. Jess will tell you more about that in the episode. But I think you'll find this really insightful and interesting, especially if you've ever thought about adding a product or launching a product-based business in the wellness space. But before we get into that interview, I... Teased you a little bit last week and told you I've been working on a project I'm really excited about. And I'm ready to spill the beans and tell you what it is. So, you'll know that a couple of years ago, I released my book, Well Printer, which teaches you how to bring more of the right people to your website and turn them into paying clients. So, it's basically my online marketing system for the wellness industry. That book. I have been completely blown away by the success of that book, and it continues to grow and sell steadily on Amazon, and it's brought in a lot of new members to our community and new coaching clients for me, and it's really done what it needed to do. So that's awesome. So that book lays out the system, but something that happens around this time of year, which has come up the past couple years on the podcast, is, okay, well, now we need to take this knowledge and actually turn it into a plan, right? Turn it into... The step by step of what are we actually going to work on in the coming year? So, I've talked about this in previous podcast episodes how to plan your marketing for the year ahead. And it's also something that I do. You probably do it too. I do some planning for my personal life as well as for my business. I'd even created like a PDF type planner that people could download and use. But from speaking to some of my friends and my contacts and listening to what you guys wanted, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I created an actual planner, like a physical planner that you could use to plan out your entire year of your wellness business? And when I started thinking about this, I got really excited because I realized, actually, I want that too. So I thought, why not create this thing? You know, I've been talking so much about planning. The system's all there in my book. Why don't I put it into a format that you can actually use? You can have on your desk. You can, go, you can go through the process and fill it out and plan your marketing. So I've created it. So I'm thrilled to announce that very soon there is going to be a companion to the Wellpreneur book, and it's called the Wellpreneur Planner, right? Clever name. The plan is to launch it on Black Friday. So that is Friday, November 23rd, 2018. And the book's gonna be available through Amazon. So I don't have all the details on the launch now, but if you know you're gonna want a planner or you just wanna hear more about what's going on and get a glimpse inside of the planner, you'll wanna make sure you're on my email list. You can sign up at wellprinteronline.com. Just sign up for my list there and you will definitely hear about it. Also, you'll be hearing about it in our Facebook group. So Something that was so cool about this project, and I I don't want to tell you everything about it yet because we'll talk more when it's actually available, but it was the process of having all this great content and these plans and knowing what needs to go into the planner and then being able to work with a really talented designer that could turn it into this gorgeous product that I'm so excited about. I can't wait for you to see this planner. It looks really cool. So it starts off by looking back at last year. So we've got to start with what worked last year and what didn't work and what can we learn from it. So we do some, you know, revisiting of last year, close out that year, and then turn to our big hopes and dreams for this year. And of course, we start with our big vision, like we do in my book and in Marketing Boot Camp. It all starts by getting clear on what you want. So we get clear on that, and then we really break it down into tangible steps So given that these are the goals you want to go after, how do you start to find those people, find those potential clients? How do you attract them? How do you get them onto your email list? What kind of content are you going to be delivering? We're going to plan out your content for the entire year so you know exactly what you need to create. How awesome is that? We're, of course, digging into revenue numbers and what you need to sell to reach your goals. We're looking at promotion strategies We're looking at email nurturing strategies. All that stuff you need to do for marketing, it's all in one place. So you don't need to worry about trying to bring in different strategies from different places. This is the complete system and you just go through it step by step and plan out your marketing and your business for the year. And then, of course, we've got monthly planning pages so you can actively use this throughout the next 12 months to set goals and look at your performance and take away your lessons learned and celebrate your victories. And the other thing that's really cool is it's all undated. So you can start at any time. I mean, right now you might be starting in January with the new year, but I know sometimes you replan during the year so you can start at any time and just fill in the dates of the month as you go along, which is really cool. Anyway, I'm super excited about it. I'll tell you more about it next week. But just for now, know that the Wellpreneur Planner is coming very soon. I'd love for you to check it out. It's going to be available on Amazon. So make sure you're on my email list at wellpreneuronline.com or in our Facebook group, the Wellpreneur Community. So you're the first to hear about it when it comes out. Anyway, that's it from my side for now. I've been totally immersed in planner creation for the past, past few weeks and haven't had time to do much of anything else. But it's been really fun. So now the interview that you've been waiting for, um, let's talk to Jess Thomas from Health Lab. I think you're going to learn a lot from our conversation and really get inspired about what's possible with physical products in the wellness space. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So we're speaking to each other now, like halfway around the world, right? Where are you?
1: Yes. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. So it's, uh, we're coming into summer and it's, Late in the evening here, and I believe it's very different time zone to you.
0: Yeah, I'm just, you're my first call of the day, actually. I've got my cup of tea, and hopefully, I'll be with it enough to have a good interview. So <laughs> don't worry, about I'm me. sure you will. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm so excited you could come on the show because I think the business you built, Health Lab, is so cool. And I really like your story around, you know, how you bootstrapped it and really started it from your kitchen table and have turned it into such a powerful wellness brand. So let's start off by just having you describe, like, how would you say what you do? What is Health Lab?
1: Oh, Health Lab. So I'd say we are a health snack business. So we create nourishing and delicious wellness, beauty, and kids' snacks, um, predominantly for women and mums. Got it. In a very short nut.
0: Yeah, (laughs) short (laughs) sentence. And when you look at your website and your social media, I mean, they're really they're, it's like crave worthy, you know, like you've done a really good job in your branding and marketing and like, it's like, you just want them. There are these balls that have all these like, you know, powerful wellness ingredients in them and people having them and all these locations. I don't know. They're just great. Really good marketing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I'm curious, can you take us back to like how you got started? Because I think you sold your car to fund your business.
1: Yes, I was um, working full time. So my background was in in corporate career. So I was in marketing at the time and it kind of came all about from 3pm afternoon sugar cravings. And I just couldn't find any snacks um, that were healthy around where I worked that would satisfy my cravings, but also that I knew was nourishing my body. So I started making my own protein balls um, and bringing them into work and they were becoming really, really popular. So I decided to start making them on the side while I was still working full time and quite quickly started delivering them to local cafes and fitness studios and workplaces. And then about six months in, the business was going really, really well and I couldn't keep up with demand. So I decided to quit my corporate job sold. I had a Toyota Corolla at the time, so I got $5,000 cash for it and decided to really give the business a crack. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started, but it was all rolling balls in my Home kitchen, and I'd have, you know, sometimes we'd have up to 20 friends and family on the weekends all around the table trying to roll balls to keep up
0: with demand. So it was all pretty crazy and hectic. So you're like making these balls for yourself for snacks, and then I guess you probably started sharing them with friends or people, colleagues were asking you questions. How did you first start selling them? Like, how did you find your first customers?
1: It's uh, quite a funny story, but I literally, my first customer was the cafe I went to every morning with my morning coffee. And I just decided to tell him about what I was doing. And I brought him in some samples, but he was really tough. And I realized when I was presenting the concept to him, I just didn't know my commercials. I just had it worked it all out and he grilled me a little bit, but it was very, very good learning straight in. And so I was much better prepared after that. But yeah, I just went to my local coffee shop. So yeah, it started there and we did a lot of cafes in, in the local area where I lived. And back then, you know, there was nothing like it in that kind of area. So it grew really quickly. But um yeah, it started local and then now we're in uh, 6,000 retailers globally. So it's grown quite quickly in three years.
0: Amazing. So how did you know it was time to quit your corporate job and do this full time? Yes,
1: it's a good question. I get asked it a lot. I think it was at the point where I knew I, I couldn't, I had to make a decision. So I either had to stop I couldn't balance it at all anymore. I was working about 20 hours a day. So I either had to stop the business and go back to working corporate or I had to quit corporate and do the business. So I think it just got to that where I just capacity, I couldn't keep up with demand. And um, I was very lucky. I had a really supportive husband at the time and I was probably blessed at a stage in my life where I didn't yet have children. I do now, but, um, you know, I really didn't have anything to, to lose at that point. So I think you just have a gut instinct and I just went with it.
0: Mm. What was it like quitting your job? Because I know for a lot of listeners <laughs> that can feel like really terrifying.
1: Yeah, I think I definitely would have been weighing it up in my mind and I was on a really good you know, salary in a really good position that I would built up for many years. So, you know, it definitely was daunting. But I think the sense of relief I felt once I actually quit my corporate job and had the freedom. It's funny, in the first month, I worked full time on Health Lab. We quadrupled what we were doing in sales. Because I think it was just the, the power of focus and, you know, all my energy going into that one thing. And so then I, I felt really confident I'd made the right decision. But definitely, you know, it was a big decision to do it. But yeah, definitely felt relief once i made the call.
0: So how has the business evolved since then? Like i'm curious, you know there's mm-hmm. that there's that moment when it's you and you're doing as much as you can and then there's kind of that moment where you just kind of have to i don't know, let things go out of your control a bit and start to bring other people in and really grow it. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So i think um definitely the start is exactly how you're describing it. You're doing everything from I was making the balls, to selling the balls, to cleaning up, to doing packaging design, doing the accounting, absolutely every element of the business, which I think also looking the best learning because I'm still so across everyone's role that comes into the team now. I know how it works and what's important for that to be a success. But you soon learn that you can't grow a business by yourself. And I think you know, one of my earliest learnings, my husband actually was my second employee who now runs business with me, but he came into the business and he said to me, your business will only ever be as big as you believe it can be. So if you're thinking small and you're acting like a small business, that's what the business will stay at. So part of that was really trying to adopt a growth mindset and, and having a big vision for the business and deciding what that looked like and then what team members I'd need to bring on to help support that growth and achieve that those goals. So you know, it was definitely one employee at a time, you know, focusing on what I felt was our biggest strength. So for me, it was marketing and branding was actually, you know, how I saw our company building, you know, we had great products and everything else, but that was really the area I felt we had our strength. So I focused on hiring marketing people first to help support that side of the
0: business. I think that um, that line that your husband said is so key that you'll only grow as big as You know, that you have the vision for really. Like, if you, and I've come across that a lot with people. It's like, if you don't believe that this is possible, this bigger thing is possible, then it's never going to happen because it doesn't just, you know, magically appear out of thin air. Nobody just gives you a bigger business, right? So I'm curious, like, how much have you, you know, when you had that vision that you wanted this bigger business, how much of it Mm -hmm. did you have to really plan and like have a clear path Mm -hmm. to get there? And how much of it just, you know, you set that intention and then, things just kind of happened. Like, I'm just curious how you approach that. Yeah. I definitely
1: think one of the key things to that I learned quickly was that you don't ever feel ready to take that next step in your business and, and kind of act bigger or do that bigger thing. So it kind of really forces you you have to get out of your comfort zone before you feel ready and you kind of end up catching up to that level you pushed yourself to get to. But I would say I've had a big vision for the business, but it has constantly evolved and probably grown even bigger as I've sort of achieved what I've set out to achieve and thought, oh my gosh, I can actually do that. You know, what can I set that's even more ambitious? So I'd say that's definitely a work in progress, but it was probably more a mindset thing where you start thinking bigger than, you know, and you get bigger and bigger and more confident with those visions and, and those goals that you set and more ambitious. So I definitely think it's something that develops over time.
0: Mm-hmm. So you said your your husband was your first employee and I'm really <laughs> yes. curious. Yeah, if you can share like how that's been and cuz I think for some people they're like that'd be great to work with my husband and other people think oh man <laughs> like I don't know if I could do that.
1: Yeah, I definitely say that's something I get the biggest reaction from from people when I tell them about the business. And I definitely say at the beginning it was really tough actually. We were both have very strong personalities and my husband had been running his own business in a totally different industry, but probably had a lot more experience on that side of things than I did for four years before then. Um, and then I obviously was used to being the boss and making all the decisions myself. And um, so I think at this, the first few months were really tough as we kind of learned where the boundaries were, you know, the fact that quite often there wasn't any boundaries. So we'd be talking work, you know, morning and at night at dinner time. Um, so there really wasn't any kind of distinction between our personal lives and our business lives. We didn't really have clear roles in the business yet. So I think at the start, it was definitely a challenging few months and quite a few arguments, I think, from memory. But I guess for you know, two and a half years later, we've come a long way. So we have very different roles in the business, which I think has been really helpful. So we don't actually cross over, although we're around each other a lot, we don't actually cross over in a workday that much. And I'd say now, I don't think I could have actually growing the business without him because it's you know it's such a, a long journey and there's so much rejection and mistakes that happen and it's you know really an emotional roller coaster. So having someone else that can relate to what you're going through and, and understand the cycles and what's happening has been really beneficial and I think really helped us grow the business to where it's at now. But um definitely was a, a work in progress that one.
0: What about like in the beginning when you were I mean there must have been that moment yeah. where you were trying to decide are we really both going to go into this business? You know, and it requires yeah. him giving up what the business he was doing on the side. Like, I don't know, can you talk a little bit about making that decision? Because I think that that would be a big moment for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and I think I, definitely, I felt the pressure that once we were both in the business, it really had to work because it was sustaining our whole family. And it kind of, you didn't have necessarily, you know, someone else's income to support you when if things didn't go well. I think what, the, what looking back, Matt had started helping me on the side because I was getting that busy and he just developed such a passion for the business and for the brand and what we were doing and it kind of happened quite naturally but I definitely think it made me feel a bit more pressure actually for the business to work and for it to perform and for it to be a sustainable and a really profitable business to be able to you know support us so it definitely added a layer of stress to running the business and it yeah it definitely meant we were all in so we we had had an uh, a, an apartment. We had, you know, a few properties we'd invested in early in in our lives that we ended up selling to pour into the business as well. So we had no assets left. We didn't have anything else. So in one way it was kind of good though, because there was no, you know, backup plan. It had to kind of work and it forced us to make sure that
0: it did. Okay. So here's something that I hear a lot amongst like wellness entrepreneurs that are just starting out is there's this belief that once you hit a certain level in business, oh, then it will be easy. Like then you'll have all this freedom and this flexibility and all the pressure, like it will take off so much of the pressure. And I'm just curious if you can talk a bit about like how, like the stress in the beginning versus the stress now and kind of, yeah, your take on that.
1: Yeah. It's it's so funny you say that. It's so true. I think, you know, I look back and think, I remember sort of looking forward and thinking once I have a team, you know, it'll be so much more manageable and I'll have more work-life balance. And really, as we've grown bigger, the opposite has happened. So I guess the stresses are bigger. Um, you know, there's a lot more at stake. There's a lot more managing that has to happen. You know, we've got a team close to 10 just in Australia now, which means a lot of your day isn't doing the work you need to be doing. It's kind of helping other people achieve their goals and, and do their their role there's definitely bigger accounts we deal with now. So if things go wrong, you know, it's quite serious business and and a lot of money on the table. So I definitely say, yeah, as we've grown, the problems have grown, the stress has probably grown, and the balance has become a lot harder to achieve. So yeah, it's definitely not exactly what I would have pictured. I think when I look back Part of the reason I started health life initially was to have more work-life balance and be able to be really flexible with having children, and it's definitely a lot of work and a lot of juggling, and, and definitely redefining what that looks like. So, yeah, it definitely isn't what you'd always expect. I think when you get to, and you know, it's probably even now when I look forward, the same type of thing. You, you think you'll reach a certain turnover or a certain number of staff, or you know, you'll be in a certain number of retailers and things will change. But yeah, it definitely seems to just add to the excitement and chaos of it all.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's just, it's kind of just life. Like it's just, it's complicated and there's hard work and there's stress. And so you just need to find those ways to cope with it. I know you're not totally sold on the concept of work-life balance. So how do you handle it?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's been my biggest learning and development area growing the business is probably managing my mindset and one of the things I felt the, found the hardest in the journey was probably having my first daughter who's now two and two a bit. You know, I think trying, trying to redefine what work-life balance meant to me, you know, that running my own business and having a family, I wasn't necessarily going to achieve that traditional notion of what work-life balance looked like. So it's taken me some time to really embrace it and find, you know, a more empowering way to look at it all. So I think now managing your mindset with stress and trying to keep things into perspective has become more and more important as we've grown. And I think I'm getting a lot better at managing that. And then also understanding that work-life balance definitely ebbs and flows each day. So, you know, there'll be days where I have a really intense work schedule or I'll have to travel for work, but then there'll be other days that I'm lucky enough to have, you know, breakfast out with my daughter somewhere or finish up. And have the whole afternoon with her. So just knowing that it's not a fixed, doesn't look the same each day and kind of trying to find, you know, really positive ways to enjoy that and and find quality time when I'm with my daughter and and really being focused and and present when I'm at work as well is really important.
0: Mm. What kind of like rituals or routines or habits do you have to Support your wellness because obviously working in a wellness business, you can't let yourself totally <laughs> fall to the side, right? It's kind of yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's kind of the irony of it all. It's quite funny sometimes. So I think definitely maintaining my health has been really important, especially coping with stress. You know, trying to manage that better. I think for me, you know, exercise is an outlet, but it has got tougher. You know, as I said, as we've grown and got busier and having children, I'm also pregnant with my second baby now. So I'm finding it harder to fit in than, than I thought I would. But I definitely do try and even if it's just 20 minutes, I definitely don't have time for a long hour session in the gym any longer. But if I can find you know 20 minutes to do something, it definitely make, makes a difference. But um, it's something I'm finding more challenging to fit in at the moment, if I'm really
0: honest. I'm curious, what did you do about taking maternity leave? I think a lot of women, you know, they, they do have a similar situation to you that they're like, oh, I really want to start my own business. So I have more flexibility when I have children. And so how did you handle, did you take time off or how, how did you handle that? No. So, you know, the business was in a position where I just
1: couldn't take time off. Um, so we were growing quite quickly and I still had quite a new team on at the time. So, you know, I didn't really have what now I'd consider a real luxury of having maternity leave. And I, you know, I looked at my friends envi- envi- enviably when, you know, they'd have time, you know, solely as being a mum with their bubbers. But um, yeah, so I basically kept working through. So even the day after she was born, I had to do some work. But I'm really lucky I've had great support around me. My mum was really involved that sort of would come over and help. But yeah, it's definitely not a traditional way that I thought motherhood would be at the start and a lot of trial and error and trying to work out how I could navigate through it. But I think one of the realities for me running the business and the stage that it was at is that, yeah, I didn't have anything like a maternity leave. So it's very blended work-life balance for me and, and work life and home life is very, very blended.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have that concept of like integration, right? That it's all, it's yeah. all one thing. It's all integrated. That's it. And
1: it's, you know, really, and I'm actually, you know, really proud now to bring my daughter into work and for her to be exposed to the business and, you know, see her mum working and that she's got a life, you know, as well as being a mum, which I think is, you know, such a tough and important role. But to see the about, you know, the two sides to me, I think is, you know, really inspiring now. And I hope that she takes a lot from it. But there's definitely moments where, you know, you do feel guilty or, you think you're not doing a good job. But yeah, definitely trying to blend it, I think, is the best way to describe how, how I'm managing it at the moment.
0: So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about marketing because mm-hmm. that's where your background was in the corporate world. And like you said, you you knew that that was going to be a huge component of your business going forward. So you guys have decided with Health Lab and your yummy health balls that you were going to target women, only mm. women, right? You just go after women as a target yes. Market. And that you'd actually yeah. gotten advice from people that that wasn't A good strategy. So, can you talk a bit about that decision and how that's worked? Yeah, definitely.
1: It's one of those things that is quite polarizing, especially when you're talking with buyers and retailers. Because as soon as you say you are very specific in who you target, and we talk about agenda, for instance, they straight away see the fifty percent of the population you're not targeting. But I learned it was probably one of my earliest lessons in marketing, and one I still firmly believe that if you target everyone, you target no one. And that targeting a niche and building a community around that and being really clear who you're sending your messages to, who you're creating your products for, I think has been absolutely key in in our brand growth. I think you cannot quite often try and change your business or make tweaks to it based on everyone's feedback because you get so many opinions when you're starting a business on what you should do or how you could do it better. But I think I really trusted my intuition. I had a passion for. And emotions and and all those things and what they really wanted from. So I definitely stuck strong to that and I believe it's really paid off in our favor.
0: So what are you finding is most effective? I mean, we're recording this in what, mm-hmm. October 2018. So what are you finding now yeah. is most effective to connect with your audience?
1: Yeah, look, I think still um, you can't deny the power of social media, especially Instagram for us has been a really strong tool and, and a way to really have that one-on-one connection without barriers with our community you know especially now going into the U.S. and other countries to be able to connect with women from all over the world you know have them messaging you and, and tasting your products and have that instant communication and and sharing and visual content has been really amazing and powerful although I definitely think it's a lot harder to grow with that platform than what it was when I first started the business three years ago it's changed dramatically and the other one I'd still say would be what we call EDMs. And I hope that's what you call them in the US. So, newsletters, I guess, and having you know, an engaged database that we communicate with as well and building that, um, we felt has been really strong for us.
0: Yeah. So, I'm curious, like, how do you approach email marketing? Because that's something that we talk a lot mm-hmm. about. And people, I often hear, like, oh, I don't know what to send, or they just send sales all the time. So, what have you guys done? Yep.
1: I think our approach to email marketing, very much is trying to add value to that busy woman's day because she's so bombarded with emails already um, and content from other brands that we definitely try and keep our product focus to a minimum and our sales to a minimum. So for us, it's all about creating content that we think will enhance her life or give her tips or educate her quickly. And I guess also we try and be respectful of how often she wants to receive that communication. So really trying to Watch what's happening, look at the data. I think there's some really great tools and insights you can get to say, you know, what time does she want to hear from you? How often does she want to hear from you? What contents is she clicking through from? And, and you know, how many of them, you know, how many in our community are subscribing and really seeing, looking at the numbers and then also yeah, looking at the numbers would be really important as, as much as you are the content and experimenting as well to see what kind of works well for your community.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mix it up. Like I think people feel like, oh, yeah, they start like if they start doing this type of newsletter, then that's it. And they have to stick with it. But why not mix it up and see what gets the best results? Look at the numbers like you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jess, it's been so great talking to you. I'm just, just to kind of wrap it up. I'm curious if you could go back three years ago when you were still in your corporate job and just thinking about really turning this, you know, putting your focus on this business. What advice would you give yourself now?
1: I think it would be learning to say no to things and opportunities as being just as important as saying yes to things. So I think when you're starting a business, it's really easy to say yes to everything. So yes to every collaboration, yes to every sampling opportunity or every product idea you come up with. But I think it's just as important to learn what to say no to, to ensure you're growing the right type of business the right way and it's actually aligned with your strategy and goals. Um, So that was quite a big learning for me over the time. And the other one would probably be when you feel like it's time to speed up, it's actually time to slow down. So I'm definitely a woman of action and I get very excited by product innovation and launching new concepts into the market that I've made quite a few mistakes that I probably could have avoided if I had taken things that tiny bit slower. So although it's part of the learning process, um you know, feeling, trying to not go with that urgency always and trying to just slow down and and cross your T's and dot your I's would definitely be some advice I'd give myself.
0: Oh, I want to dig into that just one second, just really quickly, but like, sure, um, because I think a lot of us can relate to that is that you get this idea and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do it right now. And you just want to do it and put it out in the world. So how do you stop yourself from doing that? How do you make yourself slow down?
1: Yes. And that's it. Like I get so excited and I want to be first to market and I've got these great ideas. Um, what I've done now, which has been really, really important, is actually have a checklist that we have to complete before we launch any new product to the market that forces you to slow down. So, you know, really, for instance, if it's a new flavor we're launching, there's an X number of people we have to have tasted, taste tested it with. Um, you know, there's a certain number of trials we have to do you know, really having a clear list that that I guess does force you to make sure that you've covered all your bases and you definitely avoid mistakes that can happen when you're when you're rushing things. For me, that's definitely been something that's helped us slow that you know product development and innovation pipeline down slightly um, and ensure that we really are. Um, covering out bases.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea to have a checklist. I think, you know, that yeah. even applies to when you're launching something new, like the marketing, because the launch is, as you know, like so huge, there's so many marketing components yeah. that go into it. And so sometimes people will just be so excited. They'll just rush something out and not really properly launch it. And, you know, then you kind of, you're losing out on, I mean, not you were you were talking more about the product market fit and all of that. But then there's the whole launch piece, like why just throw something out there when you're missing out on all that momentum. So I think that's such a great suggestion to, you know, yep. yeah. have a checklist. And yeah. Awesome. Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. It's awesome. And I think everyone's going to want to try your products now. So tell us where they can find health lab products and get in touch with you and all that good stuff.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, you can find Health Lab on Instagram at healthlab, or one word. In the US, we have healthlabusa.com. And we are on Amazon now. And we're also in HAB stores in Texas. And we're coming into Harris Teeter in December up in Upstate, and you can also get us at Bandier in New York and King's Fresh Food Markets. So, hopefully, a few more retailers soon, but um, we're available on Amazon as well if you'd like to try us.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Jess. It was great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me, Amanda. It was great. Thanks so much for listening to this Wellpreneur podcast interview with Jess Thomas of Health Lab. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes at wellpruneronline.com. And don't forget the Wellpruner Planner is coming next week, a brand new release of The Companion to my book. I'd love for you to check it out. And if you'd like more information about it and to be the first to know when it's available, you want to make sure you're on my email list, which you can get on at wellpruneronline.com or and or, you know, come into our Facebook group, the Wellpruner Community Group. We'd love to see you over there. Okay, have a great week, guys, and I'll see you back here next week with our next episode.